Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ our Healer. We'll say uh, that if you're paying attention, I did not put out a podcast yesterday. Uh, we were traveling some yesterday and got home much later than what we uh, anticipated, and so I was not able to do to put that out because I was uh, preaching in the morning. And so I had a good time over at the Church of All Nations, um, and so we're, we're getting back on track here today. But anyway, we're looking at Christ, our healer today. In fact, this is number 20, if I'm let me look at my notes here. Yeah, number 20 on this subject here of Christ, our healer. And that is uh, something that is just incredible to think about, that we're already 20 days into this, 20 days into this. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really know how far we're going to go, if this was going to be like a one-week series or a couple-days series or uh, however far it was going to be, but uh, we've really just barely scratched the surface on healing. And so we're going to continue uh, to go with Christ, our healer. I'm not sure exactly how far we're going to go with it, but uh, I am excited uh, to continue on and um, really excited to look at this. In fact, today we're going to be revisiting one of the, um, the, the core principles that I laid forth here in the first week of this series. Uh, and that's something that I would encourage you to do if you're listening to this series, uh, Christ, our healer. And you're just saying, hey, I'm just going to pick up, you know, right at the newest one. This is actually one that I would really encourage you to go back and at least listen to the first uh, five, six, seven um, in the series so that you can really get a good foundation that we're going on from Christ uh, for Christ, our healer, uh, because that's that's something that's important. But today, uh, before we get into all this, let's go ahead and let's read our scripture reading this morning. And we're going to be reading from John chapter one. We're going to read verses one through 30 of John chapter one, and then we're going to come back and we are going to talk about John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and also verse 14. But it says this in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines into darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming in the world. He was the, uh, in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe on his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, and he who, uh, for he was before me. And of the fullness we have received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And when they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. 
Are you a prophet? And he answered, No. And they said unto him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now those who were sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not Christ or Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered and said, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom I do not know. It is he who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, of course, this is speaking of Jesus Christ. This is giving testimony everything here of Jesus Christ. He is the word that was made flesh. He is the word that was in the beginning. That is who Jesus Christ is. And one of the principles that we looked at at the beginning of this study is uh, found in Psalm 107, verses 20 and 21. And that is that healing, and if you're in need of healing today, this is an important principle for you to understand. Healing is connected to the Word of God. You know, if you're going out there and you're trying to decide, uh, because a lot of people talk about healing, a lot of people preach on healing, and if you're trying to decide, you know, is what somebody's saying true about healing or is it not true about healing, I, I want you to understand something that is that if the Word of God is absent, it's not real healing. The Word of God must be present because let me read this verse for you. It says in Psalm 107, starting in verse 20, He sent His Word and healed them, and He delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. See, God sends forth His Word and He heals. God sends forth his word and he heals. This is something that is incredibly important to go and to understand. God sends forth his word and his word heals them. And then the proper response is for what? For mankind to then give thanks, to be thankful for that. That is the proper response when it comes to healing. That seems like a well does statement, but uh, that's not always what happens. People aren't always thankful in the way that they should be. But I want us to remember this principle that the word, God sends forth his word and it healed them. And then I want us to connect this because Jesus, Christ our healer, Jesus is the word. In verses 1 through 5 of John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines into darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then verse 14, it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus is the word that was sent. 
when we're going and we're seeing this here, he, he is the embodiment of the word of God. There is nothing that Jesus says that goes against the word of God. In fact, we, we look at this here. It, it, he's being called the word here. What's directly being referenced is the Old Testament, which, of course, this Psalm 107 is there. And that's the word that was being referenced that was sent forth to, to bring healing. We go and we see here, this is what Jesus, who Jesus is, is that he is the embodiment of the word of God. We go and we we see this. Now, he is the a person in the Godhead. I'm not trying to deny the, the divinity of Jesus or anything like that. There's some goofy doctrines that can come from this, but we do need to understand he is the fulfillment of the law of God. He perfectly keeps the law of God. In fact, he goes and he sets it to the right when it comes to the, to the Pharisees, when they're going and trying to teach on these things. And he says, hold on, you've got some things wrong here. But we see here God's word was sent forth and it healed them. There must be a connection to God's word. Jesus is called the word. So what can we make a conclusion with when putting these two things together? That is, is that real healing is tied to Jesus Christ. It's tied to Jesus Christ. You need to come to Jesus in order to be healed. I want to read another passage of scripture here. And that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. One passage we have read before, but this is important because I think that it's it's very important that we understand this because a lot of, well, well I, don't, I don't want to reveal exactly where I'm going with this. Let's just read the passage. It says this, for uh, to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor is there any deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was revealed, did not revile in return. Excuse me, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes... You were healed. For you were like a sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Of course, this is really quoting Isaiah chapter 53, once again, by whose stripes you were healed. And we we see this concept here. There's healing in the atonement. And I believe that there are a lot of people who believe that that God can heal. Maybe even you're listening, you're saying, I, I believe not just that God can heal, you know, I pray for healing. Uh, but I, I, you know, maybe you even believe that God wants to heal. Maybe you even believe that He's gracious to heal. But when, when something is said that there is healing in the atonement, there's a big uh, block that comes up. There's a big block that comes up, and I think it's because you haven't made this connection yet. In Psalm 107, we see that Christ, or excuse me, that God sends forth His word and He heals them. In John 1, we see that. Jesus is the Word, and it tells us in John 1.14 that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we see, of course, the reason why he came is what John the Baptist proclaimed later on in that chapter where he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we see both prophetically looking forward to the cross, and then in Isaiah 53, and then in 1 Peter chapter 2, looking back to the cross, but citing Isaiah 53, which is looking forward to the cross, we see that we are healed by his stripes, by what he suffered. 
Healing comes through the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word was made flesh to take away the sins of the world. And we see both looking forward to the cross and looking back to the cross in inspired Scripture that we're healed through the stripes of Jesus. There is healing in the atonement for the child of God. If you have become a child of God, which it talks about that in John chapter 1 as well, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. There is healing that is open for you. There is healing that is open for you. In fact, let me put it this way. There is no healing outside of Christ. There is no real healing outside of Christ. But also, I want to talk about one more thing here this morning, and that is, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe on his name. You see, there are two things that happen when we become a child of God. When you do what it says here, when you believe on his name, when you receive Jesus Christ, which, of course, when you're receiving Jesus Christ, you're repenting of your sins because you can't go towards Christ and towards sin at the same time. you got to turn away from one and walk towards the other. They're in opposite directions, and so you turn away from sin and you turn towards Christ and you walk towards him, and you come towards him. But it says here, that he gave the right to become children of God. You see, there's there's two things that happen. We we all know, you know, John chapter three, the 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 great story there of Nicodemus, where Jesus tells Nicodemus, "Ye must be born again." You know, we've we've heard all about that. You know, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. Well, let me tell you what happens when you're born again spiritually. Uh, just just a little bit of what happens. One of the things is, is that you're born into the family of God. Now you're, you're, you're a child of the king. And isn't that wonderful to stop and to think about that? You're a child of the king. But if you ever go and notice a, a child uh, out there a, a, that, that was just born, they're immature. You know, they can't walk. They, they can't go potty on a toilet. They, they go, you know, they, they go in their diaper. They can't feed themselves. They're babies. And spiritually, when you're born again, you have the spiritual maturity of a baby Christian. That's, that's just the reality of it. That's the starting point. We can't, we can't get around it. That's, that's how it is. But did you know that something else happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? You're not just born again, which is wonderful. You're also adopted into the family of God. That's why it says, says that we've received a spirit of adoption. We could cry out, Abba, Father. And you see, they're talking about two different things. When you're born again, it's talking about that, that, that being born into the family of God and, and then your maturity then of being a baby Christian. You must be born again. It's talking about humility. But when you're adopted, it, it's talking about receiving a position. You see, an adopted Someone who is adopted, an adopted son, it, it, it ends up going and receiving the legal right, the legal position of a firstborn son. So he goes and he gets all these rights and all of these inheritances. That's what happens. And when we are adopted into the family of God, you then also receive those rights and those inheritances of a firstborn son. 
And one of the rights that it's talking about here, one of the rights, one of the inheritances that we have as Christians is the inheritance of healing, is the right to healing. And it's secured through Jesus Christ on the cross, by whose stripes you are healed. You now have a legal right to go to God and to ask for healing. And God says he sends forth his word and he heals them. Isn't that incredible to stop and to think about? Jesus secured not just your position inside the family of God, that you're in the family of God, but a position as a firstborn son, which comes with rights and inheritances. And one of those was that he bore our sickness, our illness, our disease for us on the cross. Wow. What a great God we serve. So you need to exercise that right. If you're needing healing today, you need to exercise that right. And you need to go before God. You need to pray to him and you need to tell him, Lord, I am adopted. I am a firstborn son. I can cry out, Abba, Father. I can come before you boldly. And Lord, Jesus paid the price, not just for my sin, but he also bore my sickness, my illness, my disease. And so, Lord, I call upon the blood of Jesus Christ, the atonement, in order to heal me. Now, of course, you need to be right with God. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, says David. You need to go and have faith. Don't let a man expect that he would receive anything from God. If he's praying without faith, it tells us in James chapter 1. There are many other qualifications that you need to have, many other conditions that you need to meet, but you need to understand you do have the right, if you are a child of God, to go before the Father and to call upon the blood of Jesus, the atonement of Jesus, and to call for healing. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Already begun Know that God's up to something